Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adeolia. And joining me, of course, we have the rogue one, Gary Witta. Hello. Our first time hosting together. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. A good one. I like your getup. I like your hat. Nobody, like your... nobody loves Christmas more than me. Dude. Oh, shit. Kevin, I'm not having it. I have to adjust the cameras, otherwise. <laughs> Dude, you showed us your socks earlier. Oh yeah, so yeah. like I got I got the socks. Can I do this? Can I get them up there? Oh I my god. So I got That's it all amazing. going on. I got it all going on. That's incredible. And let me tell you something, Blessing. Yes. This is just the beginning. Really? Each we've got three I've got three shows between now and Christmas. Right? There's three oh, more man. Wednesdays yeah. between now and Christmas. Christmas actually falls on a Wednesday this year. Um and he, and this is just the beginning. Each mm -hmm. each subsequent Widow Wednesday from now on, I'm going to be more and more Christmassy. Now, is there going to be a Widow Wednesday on Christmas? No. Well, no. I, I I would I honestly would do it. Really? But I, I don't think Greg would uh, would put that on. But like, wait, just I, I can tell you, I, wait until you see my final form. Oh my god, it's going to be something. To I, I feel like if you push it, Greg will allow it to happen on Christmas. Let's, like come well, in, both you guys dressed as Santa. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Maybe no, after, no. maybe after my uh, Christmas dinner. Christmas morning, I'm celebrating at home with my family. Because I respect Christmas. I mean, your family can come here, you know, bring the whole crew, bring the sisters. Ke bring Ke the Kevin and I got into it this morning about who likes, like, who loves Christmas the most. All I'm saying is, if you put the two of us together right now, and 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 showed anyone a photograph of the two of us and says, which mm. one of these two people I mean, do you think mm. is more into Christmas? One of us is making a joke out of Christmas, and another. Are one you? I'm making a joke. Another one is. Does this look like a joke to you? Is, is this a joke to you? Does that look like a joke to you? I amuse you. I'm like a fucking clown. What about to you? this? Looks like a joke to you, <laughs> Kevin. That, the hat and the shirt. So look, it, look, but look, it's it's Santa Claus. No, I get Stuck it. down the chimney. I no, I get what it is. And the chimney is my head. Yeah. And check out the sweater. Many, many of our listeners and viewers, I'm sure, won't be old enough to get this, but this is the classic Three Wolf Moon. Really? In Christmas sweater form. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. I have no idea oh, what yes. that is. And I'm telling you, this is just... Do you really you know what three, idea what no. never heard of Three Wolf Moon? Oh, what's that? that? Kevin, please tell me you know what Three Wolf Moon is. Of course I know what Three Wolf Moon is. It's, 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 a, it's a popular a meme from, from back in the day. Shirt. But, only, but, on, but only us internet veterans of a certain age would remember it. Give it, give it a Google oh, after, yeah, afterwards right and you'll... Uh, no, no, I'm on it now. Oh, you're gonna pull it up right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a shirt. It was that a popular shirt that they oh, sold okay. at like Walmart or oh, something. Oh, you know what? I think I've seen this. Popular. And it was, and it, and it became really popular in a kind of an ironic way. And then, yeah. you, and then you can see there were all kinds of like different meme variants of it. There's like three wool, three wool, oh my three God. otters. Oh, I, I guess. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. When I used to do the old tested podcast, there actually, what we actually did a version of it was like the three podcast hosts. Heads all staring oh kind of plaintively I'm up sure at the if, awesome. if we talk about it enough, they'll make one. You think we could bring it back? I would funny. love to see a th I would love to see a kind of funny three wolf moon. Me too. Tim, Nick let's work Greg. on it. Talented dude, that'd be awesome. out there. Please make it for us. Someone, so, Tag like, me and Gary. It, that, I guess someone out there that'll be done by the end of the show. Oh, absolutely. I like uh, I, I like this combination here because like if you've played Portal right and like it looks like um like Santa's going into one portal and then coming out the other portal. Like you're a portal, right. I'm a portal. Right. Boom. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot. Yeah. The references Hot. just keep on going. Dude. But like I'm telling you, this is keep on keep on tuning in. This like is gonna, my, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get more festive around here, Kevin. My Christmas sweater is just a good-looking sweater that I would wear, you know, not just on air. What's your favorite thing about Christmas, Kevin? Uh, spending time with my family. What's the real answer? Bogus. <laughs> no, it's, it really is, though. Because what, what I do is... Now, I don't... I've talked about. <laughs> I've talked about. My he knows he's laughing because he knows because he knows he's no, full I'm of shit. Right? He I'm knows it. So hard. He he's knows like, it. Oh, I'm laughing because my next statement is gonna be an interesting one. I've talked a lot of shit about my mom. A lot of shit. <laughs> you talk shit about, about your, your mom? mom? Oh my, she's a mean woman. 
Jesus. <laughs> but here, and, and like this is for the first time, I think I'm really going to back it up. She cancels Christmas like every other year. Why? And to infuriate me. Like, I lo- she knows I love Christmas, and it's one of the things that she can hold over me. So she's constantly like, I know we have plans, but we're not doing it. Two years ago, she was like, we're going kind, to Disney. Kind of like you pulling, uh, uh, calling off cats. She, is, it seems mm, like it runs in the family, Kevin. Mm, <sighs> there it is. Can I tell you, the, the, I, I did get the worst Christmas gift I've ever gotten in my life from my mother, which was, I want to say like five years ago. Uh, she gave me a, a, a gift card to Dairy Queen, like a $25 gift card to Dairy Queen as a, as a Christmas gift. Um, and I am lactose intolerant. And so like... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So was she trolling you? I don't know. Because like, and, and here's the thing, right? Uh, there's you food. can get like burgers and shit yeah, at Dairy Queen as well. At, at Dairy Queen, right? Yeah. And like a few weeks later, I went to Dairy Queen because I was like, "Well, I have I have the gift card. I might as well use it." Um, I went to use it. There was only seven dollars on that gift card. Oh, <laughs> by far. And I don't know what like what That's was going insult. on that year. I think she was just like running low on time and was like, "Oh, I got this in my purse. I'll just use this." Um, but yeah, that was an interesting Christmas because like I legit looked at my sisters. And I was like. Yo, we got to do something about this. So There's basically, she here. gave you a gift card that yeah. she already had that, mm. that just happened. That there was like that, seven dollars was just what yeah. was left on it. And I think it was a thing that's where harsh. She didn't even realize that like she used it. I assume I never, I never like confronted her about it. I was just like, because you can't really hate on a gift, right? Because like it's people are people are being generous. They're giving something to you. So I can't like be like, how dare you give me this thing? But at the same time, like, how dare you give me this thing? I have this thing going on with my brother-in-law where we where each year. He started, I think, he sent me one year uh, the Susan Boyle Christmas album. Do you remember Susan Boyle? Oh, yeah. yeah. He sent me the I Susan Boyle Christmas album. And the next year, I sent it back to him. As a, I re-gifted it back to him. And that, uh, now uh, every because we just sent it back, sent it back uh, and forth to funny. one another. Oh, my God. I know but, you guys have a show to do. Sorry, yeah. it's Greg here. Got Greg on the hot mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to say that since I get to be a viewer out there as we're planning a bunch of stuff, I, viewing this, I got to say Gary looks like he likes Christmas more than Kevin. I mean, oh, to, me, to me, it's an open and shut case. Why did you make me up the volume? <laughs> also, I, also I, know he's I, in, I know he's insincere. I, I because when I asked, that's why I, I gave him the test, the shibboleth. I what is your favorite thing about Christmas? And he said, spending time with my, my family. family. Which is here. nobody's <laughs> favorite thing about Christmas. And he followed up that he hates his mom. No. And he hates his mom. <laughs> you guys didn't let me finish. You that is, that is a weird justification. It's like, yo, why do you love Christmas so much? Oh, I love spending. I love hanging out with my family. I hate my mother. I wasn't done. All right. Apologies, Kevin. Finish your story. So... I'm sure the story about how you hate your mother is. is I'm sure there's a redemptive ending to it. So when what ended up happening is now I'm the one that cooks Christmas dinner every year. Okay. So I will get there like 12 12 hours. I like to get there really early. I'll get there because we're also Latin, so we stay up till midnight. Right. So I'll get there at um, noon and start slowly cooking the turkey, doing all the sides, and we just hang out together. We actually watch. Harry Potter. I go in there, I put all six movies on, and I just have oh, that Oh, wow. Playing. That's like a Christmas tradition for you? Harry Potter? Done in the last, like, three years, yeah. Really? Because I understand Sorcerer's Stone, because that's actually, like, a Christmas movie. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's why it's But, starts. like, once you hit Prisoner of Azkaban, it's like, <laughs> all right, why, why are we still watching Harry Potter well, on Christmas? Well, at that point, they're just good movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, at that point, it's just a marathon. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's also, weird. It's like, in England, like, James Bond, like, because they, like, for, for some reason, like, after the Queen's speech in England, they always used to put on a James Bond movie. And like you know, you'd you'd get filled with turkey, and yeah. then you'd fall asleep in front of the whatever the like Thunderball or whatever bullshit James octopus-y. Bond movie was on. So that became kind of a weird yeah, octopusy, whatever became like a weird Christmas tradition. Wow. I've never quite got my 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 handle on 
American Christmas dinner. So you, it's interesting to me when you said you, you cook turkey for Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in, in England, everyone cooks turkey for Christmas dinner. That yeah. makes perfect sense. I think it's a lot. But, but because so many people well. have turkey for Thanksgiving, which is pretty close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. We you also know, do not, not everyone wants to do a big turkey dinner like all over again. So I feel like a lot of, a lot of Americans uh, don't have turkey for Gary, Christmas dinner. I, I, I usually will do turkey and then some sort of meat dish. Like, like a, what? Like, like a ham or like something? a pot roast. Oh, okay, sure. Mm. Uh, and then some chicken. I didn't know Christmas dinner was a thing, honestly. Like, really? Yeah, my family never really did Christmas, Christmas dinner. Eve, yeah. No? No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, did uh, did your family celebrate Christmas, though? Yeah, we celebrate Christmas every year. Okay. But it was, it's more so of, like, we, we wake up, we open our presents, we hang out. And sometimes, like, depending on the year, we'll hang out with our relatives, like, go visit our cousins. Right. And it's more of a fellowship and gathering thing, more so than a, like, let's cook a meal. Um, sometimes, like, depending on the year, right, we'll have, like, Nigerian food, because my family's Nigerian. Um, and that, but that's more so of like, you know, that's the thing we do when we gather together with relatives, right? We, we make meals, we make rice, we make whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's different for everyone. Like my, like my wife, her family is, is part Italian and they traditionally would have, they had a big, like Italian meal that, mm. that the grandmother would make. So everyone's got this different thing. I like turkey for Christmas dinner. It's just, it all feels right. weird to have a big, see, I'm not a big all the elements guy. of Thanksgiving uh, guys, and Christmas guys, dinner are kind of Greg, the same. Greg Miller's messaging me. He says, is he saying get day. on with it? There's a lot of news. I'm going to be honest. There's I not totally a lot of news the though. Podcast. There's the, the, yeah, let's honestly, so, check in with the chat right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the chat right now, and and, and Kevin, you can yeah, you can monitor this I'm as it comes in. Isn't this what you really tune in for? Yes. This bullshit. Especially you're not really Wednesday. here for the news. You're here for the banter. You're here for the the the, the, the side dishes. All right, Greg Miller, you heard me try. He tried. Um. Well, today's stories include an update on In the Valley of Gods, a new multiplayer outlast, and more pertinent news that we need to talk about. <laughs> Greg's back again. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not good content. I'm just saying there's like four shows today. I'm giving the Stop people, talking what, about they, I'm giving the people what they want. And frankly, ah. the news the news today is anemic. You can't there's no hot news. Turkey, you idiot. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at, at 10 a.m. Uh, live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around the globe by you, searching you, for Kind of Funny Games Daily. You, I just want to, before I forget, you mm-hmm. wear this very well, by the way. Oh, thank you. I mean, I feel like I'm like... You're you swimming know, in it a little I'm bit? swimming in it, yeah. But it looks good. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, to be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash games where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad Muhammad. Today we're brought to you by Hymns, Tipsy Elves, and Manscaped. That's three sponsors. Uh, but I'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Baker's doesn't. I love Christmas more than Gary. Lies. Number one. In the Valley of in the Valley of the Gods is on hold thanks to Valve. This comes from Michael McWherter um, at Polygon. Uh, the article reads, in 2017, Firewatch developer Campo Santo unveiled in the Valley of the Gods, a promising-looking first-person adventure set in Egypt. The following year, Valve, the maker of Counter-Strike, Steam, and Dota 2, snapped up Campo Santo. Some Firewatch fans worried that Campo Santo had been swallowed by a company n- notorious for not shipping games. Just last month, Firewatch fans freaked out a little bit more when multiple Campo Santo uh, developers who had joined Valve, removed any and all mention of In the Valley of Gods 
from their Twitter bios. It was a worrying sight. Did you did you see this happen? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I saw it too, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh, but then Valve announced Half Life Alex, a VR only prequel to Half Life Two. Several Campo Santa developers were confirmed to be wor- to be working on the projects. Uh, still, the fate of In the Valley of the Gods was uncertain, but no longer. Campo Santo co-founder J- Jake Rodkin confirms In the Valley of Gods development is on hold, but not outright canceled. In a statement of, to Polygon, Rodkin says that former Campo Santo developers are busy working on not just Half-Life Alex, but Dota, Underlo- Dota Under- Underlords, Steam, and other Valve projects as well. Here's his, here's his full statement. Quote, to fans looking forward to In the Valley of Gods, it's probably clear that the optimistic 2019 at the end of the announcement trailer isn't going to be accurate. In the end, Valve time makes fools of us all. But yes, developers from the former Campo Santo team have joined other projects at Valve, including Half-Life Alex. As you can imagine, our experience in the first-person adventure genre is pretty relevant. You hear a lot about how at Valve you can work on what you want. It turns out that's true. And there's a lot of work available. As we integrated ourselves into Valve, became, it became clear that there was a lot of valuable work to be done on Half-Life Alex. Some of us, some of us starting lending a hand, I guess some of us started lending a hand, I think that should read, and have since become full-time on the project as it approaches launch. Similarly, some ex-campos, some ex-campos are working on Dota Underlords, some are on Steam, and so on. So to answer your question, as of today, In the Valley of God's development is on hold, but it certainly feels like a project people can, uh, can and may return to. And when that happens, we'll find an exciting way to let fans know. Half-Life Alex is scheduled to be released on Steam March 2020, and the, values, and the Valley of God's release date on Steam is now listed as TBD. Gary, you were looking forward to In the Valley of God's. I was, and um, this is, I, you know, this this saddens me a little bit because you know mm. Sean Vanham and Jake Rodkin are uh, good friends of mine, and I've worked with them before. For people that, that might not know the history, Sean and Jake were pretty much the the project leads at Telltale for The Walking Dead season one, the season mm. I worked on, and um, you know, The Walking Dead that first season was tremendously successful. It kind of swept all the Game of the Year awards. Yeah, um, and obviously it was a huge team effort. But Sean and Jake were pretty much they were the leaders of that team. And if you had, if I had to point to like one or two people, it's like who would you say like you know is is most responsible for The Walking Dead being so great, the Telltale game? I would point to Sean and Jake. Really, immensely talented, super super nice guys. I learned a hell of a lot from working with them. They became good friends of mine uh, from from working on that project. I've kept in touch with them ever since. I was thrilled when they started Campo Santo and Firewatch was a huge hit. I was and uh, it's funny I bumped into Sean not long ago at LAX just a completely random encounter and we sat at the bar and he told and he told me a little bit about what he was doing within the Valley of Gods and it sounded really exciting. I couldn't wait to play it. Mm. And then they went to Valve and I was excited about that too because if you're a game developer who wouldn't want to work at Valve, right? Oh, it's yeah. one of the true like it's one of the the top places. Um, and I'm excited for them again in a way because they get to work on Half-Life and all this other cool stuff and they will make these games better because they're super, super talented. Sean and Jake and, the, and Ollie Moss and all those guys being at Valve is good for them. It's good for Valve. Everyone's going to be a winner. But, you know, there are mm-hmm. casualties of war. And in the Valley of Gods, which I was really excited to see, has, as you say, been shelved. I do believe, Jake, when he says, I don't think it has been canceled. I just think like for right now, mm-hmm. they're, they're more needed or more interested in working on other projects. And so this has been put onto the back burner. My guess is that they will return to this and finish it at some point, but but probably not for a while. So it's it's a bummer, but not like it's not the worst thing in the world. How do you feel? Do you feel like uh, this in the Valley of Gods will come out first or Half Life Three? Because I have a theory that like, you know, 
being at being at Valve, right? You have that opportunity to work on this game that people have been looking forward to for like however many years, right? Like over ten years, you know, since Half Life Two. Um, I imagine that like that option is probably there for them. You know what I mean? I mean they've gotten to work on Half Life who, Alex, which is probably already a dream. You know, yeah. And, like, the decision might be there in front of them to like, okay, do we want to continue work on In the Valley of Gods for the next few years, or get the opportunity to work on something like Half Life Three, or you know, maybe even fingers crossed like portal three or something along that those lines i want a new orange box that would be that would be amazing team fortress three. Oh my god portal three half-life half-life three or at least half-life episode three mm-hmm. which you know we're still waiting for they ended hard don't forget they ended episode two on a cliffhanger mm. and we're still not getting the 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 next thing so i don't look half-life three the half-life three or in the you might as well say half-life three or the heat death of the universe who the yeah. fuck knows um I don't know if there is a Half Life Three or how mm. if there is how far along it along it is. It may well be that ha- that the success the success of Half Life Alex will de- will will determine how much more mm-hmm. they then lean into continuing the Half Life uh, universe. I'm I would love to see that. I'm definitely a person that you know. If you asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said that like, oh yeah, like Half Life Three doesn't exist. Like that game's never going to come out at least like anytime remotely soon. But since the since the announcement of Half Life Alex. That was sort of the thing that that sparks that hope in me. Like, I'm not, like, a big Half-Life person. Like, like I'm not super looking forward to the next Half-Life game. But I do, I, I find interest in it as a game that is almost like a legend, right? It's, it's what... Um, not uh, almost. It, oh, I it's mean, a legend. It, it, is, it is a legend, right? Like, games like Final Fantasy Thirteen Versus or uh, The Last Guardian, right? Which, like, both those games eventually came out in some form. Right. right? Like, those don't even... those. Those didn't even hold a candle to like what Half Life. Well, the is. interesting thing about it is Half. We've been waiting so long for Half Life Three that a whole generation of gamers has grown up mm-hmm. not living in not living in a Half Life world. So when something like Half Life Alex gets gets um, announced, mm-hmm. you or even if Half Life Three was announced, you would you would see this really weirdly bifurcated reaction where like all the oldies who grew up on Half Life and remember Half Life One and Two and Episodes One and Two would be going, "Oh my God, it's back! It's yeah. Half Life!" And then you've got this all, all the younger kids going, "Like what's what the fuck is Half Life?" Yeah, but I, and and that's the thing about Half Life Alex that I find interesting because I think it is like a good way to jog people's memories, try and get the Half-Life name out there again in a way yeah. that isn't just like, oh, surprise, Half-Life 3. Well, yes, the all the, time, all, and, I, and I think it's going to be fantastic, but by putting it only on VR, yeah. they're limiting the, the impact that it can have. For sure, for sure. And I, my thing is I wouldn't put, put it past Valve to be like, okay, yeah, Half-Life Alex, a VR title, Half-Life you know, episode three or maybe like Half-Life, some other kind of spinoff name. Yeah. You know, we're putting this out as like a warm up, as like something to quench your thirst for Half-Life 3. And then finally, we're going to put out Half-Life 3. Because I, I feel like putting out Half-Life Alex like this, like it's so random. And it, for me, it has to lead to something, especially I, for yeah, something that, that's asked for. Yeah, that was going to be my point 3. as well. I think just the fact that they are making a new Half-Life game at least sends the signal that Valve still gives a shit about Half-Life. Mm-hmm. Because it's been such a long time, they've not said anything about Half-Life for years and years and years now, that, you know, it's impossible that Gabe and everyone else, they've just moved on. They're just not interested in Half-Life anymore. But that's not the case, because here they are with a new Half-Life game, which gives us hope that it's going to continue and there will be more down the road. Mm. Our second story today, sources say Microsoft is still planning a cheaper, discless, next-gen Xbox. This comes from Jason Schreier at Kotaku. It reads... In June, Microsoft announced Project Scarlet, a new iteration of the Xbox that the company said would, quote, set a new bar for console power 
speed, and performance, end quote. What Microsoft did, uh, didn't did say is that it is also working on a lower-cost, diskless version of Scarlet codenamed Lockhart, according to four people briefed on the company's plans. If those names sound familiar, that's because they've been floating around for a while. The earliest rumors about Microsoft's next-gen roadmap circa 2018 suggested that Project Scarlet would consist of two Xbox models, the high-performance Anaconda and the lower-end Lockhart. In June, however, Microsoft announced that Scarlet was a single high-end console, which led to speculation and then press reports that Lockhart had been canceled. But Kotaku, uh, Kotaku has learned that Lockhart is in fact still in the works as a cheaper, digital-only alternative to Scarlet, as the original rumors suge- suggested. What we don't know, and what likely isn't finalized yet, is how pricing will shake out. But it's easiest to think of Anaconda as a successor to the Xbox One X and Lockhart as a successor to the Xbox One S, with a similar performance disparity. Game developers will be expected to support both Anaconda and Lockhart, which some are worried might hamper their ambitions for their their next-gen games in coming years. When speaking to Kotaku, one game developer briefed on Lockhart analogized... Uh, analogized it to the PlayStation 4 Pro in terms of raw graphical power, although there are other key differences that might make up for that. Lockhart is said to have a solid state drive, like both Anaconda and Sony's upcoming PlayStation 5, which is expected to have a significant impact on loading times. Developers briefed on Lockhart also say it has a faster, faster CPU than any current video game console, which could allow for higher frame rates, although there are other factors that might not become clear until the console is completely finalized, such as clock speeding and cooling. Uh, Gary, does a diskless next-gen Xbox sound appealing to you? Well, the diskless part, as it turns out, is only one factor here. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like, I, when I first, as we were reading this, kind of the story became clearer. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought that it was going to be, the difference was going to be just between like the Xbox One and like the and the sad edition, yeah, yeah, yeah. the SAD, yes. which has no disk drive, and it would just be the lack of a disk drive. But otherwise, they would be functionally the same. It sounds like, as you just explained, that, that, that it's more like the X versus the S. That that it's it's that there's actually multiple reasons why the mm-hmm. why Scarlet would be would be a, a better offering than than Lockhart, like faster processors and all yeah. kinds of of other stuff. I don't know what you. Th- I mean, so the, I, it's interesting that they're launching the that they would theoretically launch these both together, as opposed to what we saw last generation with the X and the Pro. That there was the base edition and then the fancier ones kind of came mm-hmm. midway through the generation to launch. If if this in fact is the plan to launch two tiers like here's the premium edition which is more expensive more powerful Mm -hmm. and here's the lower entry level edition which will do the job it's not as good but it's cheaper i don't know it kind of i'm not i'm not a business expert but it sounds like a smart move to give people a cheaper option if they want it yeah especially i think for me the thing that it comes down to is what xbox is building as a brand and as an idea that xbox isn't just a console it is a brand and it is xbox game pass and uh xbox gold and all this stuff right like with the idea of Xbox Game Pass especially being it is a digital thing and the offering the offerings there are so like vast right now and it's growing right there are tons of great games on Game Pass and the idea that I can buy like say the Xbox uh, Scarlet launches at 500 like the Xbox One did what if they could launch the Xbox One uh, Lockhart at 300 and maybe that cuts you know, cuts below what the PS5 is, right? That gives people an, an entry point that is, one, lower than the PS5, like, in terms of price, but then also, if you get Xbox Game Pass on top of that, you then have a vast library that you might not get with the PS5. 
That yeah, I think I, I think I think that's right, and I think that Microsoft mm. probably recognized that one of the reasons why they have lagged so far behind. You know, there's a reason why Sony brags about its numbers and Microsoft just don't talk about their numbers because mm. there's probably a pretty... If, oh, if yeah. we actually knew... My guess is if we actually knew what the Microsoft numbers were mm-hmm. in terms of installed base and stuff like that, you'd probably be like, fucking hell. Like, mm-hmm. like they're way behind. Yeah. Like, they're still in business, but I feel like it's a big gap. It's definitely, yeah. And so... And, and I think one of the reasons for... Given, given that there's not a big difference between the two consoles, you know, they, 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 they mostly have the same games. They're roughly about the same... In terms of power, so I've said on this show many times before, there's not a lot of daylight between those two consoles mm. in terms of experience. It comes mm. down to a handful of first-party games and services and what your brand preference is. It's all bullshit. It's, all, it's like, what's it between Pepsi and Coca-Cola? It's the fucking same product. It's all about the branding. I, yeah. Yes, Kevin? I was just want to say, I don't think there's much of a difference. There wouldn't be much of a difference in cost if it, like, uh, if they between those two systems. Like, I don't think it would be a $200 difference. Yeah. $200 think, is definitely, like, me being, yeah. like, theoretical. I, but I'm sure, like, there will be, like, a cost, cost difference, right? They yeah, fucked yeah, up. Yeah. I, mean, I, Microsoft... I can see it being, like, either 50 to $100 mm-hmm. difference in price. I think it has to be at least, like, 100 I they, mean, it they, should be. It they should fucked be. themselves at the start of the generation Xbox. They had that whole full start launch, which can, if they, they bundled in Kinect, which was a boondoggle that nobody wanted and made mm-hmm. the console way more expensive than it needed to be. And then they had to basically re- reboot the whole... They had to do basically launch 2.0 mm-hmm. of Xbox and, and, and airbrush the Kinect out of history. Kinect, what's that? Never heard of it because it, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked them for the whole generation. And even at this, and even at this time, at the end of this generation, there's still a $100 price differential between yeah. Xbox and PlayStation. And I think Microsoft recognizes that price is a, a compelling factor, perhaps the most compelling factor for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Again, you look at the two machines, well, what's the difference? I can play Call of Duty on both. I can play Destiny on both. I can mm-hmm. play Jedi Fallen Order on both. They're roughly, you know, the, 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 there's not a lot of daylight in terms of the power. Fuck it, let's get the one that's $100 cheaper. Yeah. And I think that they recognize that at the high end, they might not be able to compete with PlayStation. If they want to say, we're the most powerful console, we're going to be more, because my guess is that Scarlet, when digital Foundry get a hold of it and everything. They're going to say, "Yeah, Scarlet's more powerful than PS5." When they do the full tear down and all the tests, but that will probably come at a price premium. My guess is Scarlet will be more expensive than the top end PlayStation Five. Uh, but the lot, but my my guess is they're building the Lockhart and releasing the Lockhart to compete on price. Mm. So that, that so that 100 price differential, which I think has hamstrung them the whole generation, will will yeah. go away. And that's and that's my thing too is that like even if it was. The PS5 and Xbox Scarlet both launch at 500. Even having, you know, the Xbox Lockhart coming out at 400, you know, that's still a big enough difference to make yeah. people go like, okay, yeah, I could save 100 bucks by going this and like investing in digital. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think that's very enticing. And with the and with the price drops to Xbox One S and the and the sad edition, um, I believe they're at a point now where they actually are comparable to the base PlayStation 4. But it's too late. The gen- this generation's yeah. over. They they need to start the next generation competitive on price. And I think that's what Lockhart is designed to do. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Number three, there's a new multiplayer Outlast coming. This comes from a press release. The Red Barrels team is proud to announce its next installment in the popular survival horror franchise Outlast, named The Outlast Trials. The world of Outlast is a true survival horror experience, which aims to show that uh, that the most terrifying monsters of all come from the human mind. And red barrels. Well, not a that's that's stuff like the most marketing, like advertising, <laughs> advertising, like dot dot dot. There, uh, well, it's not a direct sequel to the other critically acclaimed Outlast titles in the series. The Outlast Trials will be set in the same thrilling universe, more precisely, right in the middle of the, the Cold War era. 
The Outlast trials will allow players to face the horrors of the trials by themselves or corporate or um or cooperate with up to three other test subjects. After all, it's always better to shit your pants with some friends. Pope, Wouldn't you agree, Kevin? Uh no, horror sucks. Really? You don't like to shit your pants with friends? No. No? No. No? All right. No. Uh, quote, we are proud to reveal the title. That's great for hosing you down afterwards, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, we are proud to reveal that the title uh, and the first image of the game uh, uh, to our great community and fans, uh, said David Chateauneuf. Chateauneuf? Chateauneuf. Sounds uh, like a fine wine. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would drink that. Red Barrel's co-founder, uh, quote, our team is hard at work creating a new experience that will bring fear and anxiety to millions of players, whether they go through the experiments alone or with friends. The Atlas Trials is still in the early stages of production, and more news will be announced soon. Red Barrel's at, uh, has been working on developing the title for months and is now ramping up the production process. Uh, quote, now we've done our proof of concept. It is time to focus on content creation, variety, and gore, um, adds Chateauneuf. Are you an Outlast person? No, fuck, I'm, with, I'm with Kevin. Fuck horror games. Yeah, wow, really? Yeah! Woo! Th this type it's of horror scary. game is definitely not for me. I, I'm, I'm They're too scary! No, I don't like... Uh -uh. Fatal Frame 2, that was the last no, one for oh me. When that, when, that game Wait, started fuck, when that game started fucking with me, even in the pause mode... I was like, I'm done. I'm out of this genre for good. That's so funny. That's that's like the game that I credit to like <laughs> me being like, fuck game. Fuck yeah, it's the same one for me. Yeah. Fatal Frame wow. 2. Fuck horror games. God, I remember, I and fuck the, VR horror. I used to hold the box. I think did I ever play it and I was just like, mm, -mm. Did I ever tell you I when I went this. to the first um, PlayStation VR demo at like Comic-Con years ago at San Diego Comic-Con? It was like they had they had like an offsite thing there, but it was like a demo booth. It was like me. It was weirdly. It was like me and Major Nelson were back there uh -huh. oh, wow. getting a demo of it, uh -huh. and we tried a bunch of stuff. We played some four player fun stuff together. It was fun, and then they said, "Oh, we've got one other thing we want to try. We'd like to show you. It's called the kitchen." Mm. And I oh, said, "What is it?" Man. And they said, "Well, are you familiar with Japanese horror?" And I said, "Fuck that!" <laughs> and I just fucking left. <laughs> yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't happening. I remember doing the kitchen demo. I didn't even play it in VR. Right? I played it on my TV, uh -huh. and I remember fin finishing it and being like. That was horrible. Like I, that was yeah. terrifying. I did yeah. not like that. At I try. All. I played PT, and that was another one that was oh, like, "Oh yeah." This. PT is like, in, like it's incredible, but it is terrifying. Do you enjoy? Do you enjoy these games? Enjoy is a weird word. I'm definitely like not a horror game person, but I do enjoy like I guess lighter horror games, and so. Until Dawn is probably like an easy, right. like, you know, let's not like because it's kind of slasher. It's not like slasher, existentially yeah. terrifying. Um, and like. You know, Resident Evil 2 Remake is a game that I loved this yeah. year. And, yeah. you know, that had a lot of scary bits uh, in it. This type of game, like Outlast... The ones that go all out. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily for me. But I appreciate the idea and I appreciate the concept. Yeah, and there is a market. There are people that love this stuff. Oh, Like, yeah. you know, like Patrick Klepek loves these fun. Mm. Can't get enough. Loves to be terrified. And it makes for great And there content. are many people like that. Like, I would, I would watch a Twitch stream or, like, a Let's Play series. I like watching people getting creeped. I like watching Twitch streams where people are getting, like, oh, yeah. freaked out by horror games, watching yeah. them react and stuff. Oh, yeah. That stuff is... I, I absolutely love that aspect of horror games. Playing them, not necessarily for me, but I'll definitely, definitely watch reactions right. um, and all that stuff. Number four, Bluepoint's next game is great, according to Bluepoint. This comes from Sal. <laughs> this comes from Sal Romano at Gamatsu. Blue Point Games April teased. Uh, oh yeah, Blue Point Games April teased PlayStation Five game. Quote will become the next achievement we're most proud of. End quote. Company president Marco Thrush told Segment Next in a in a recent interview. 
Quote, we originally remastered Shadow Colossus for the PS3 and then remade it for the PS4, Thrust said. It's the only game we've touched twice, and to date, it is our greatest achievement. So it's easy to say that it, uh, that is our personal favorite. However, there's no there's no question in our minds that our next our current project will become the next achievement we're most proud of. Thrust, Thrush added that Bluepoint Games has been invested in ways that make remastering or remaking games more powerful and efficient. Fortunately, the Bluepoint engine and toolset has been in development for many years. We have significantly uh, invested in ways that allow our process of remastering or remaking games to be, to be powerful and efficient. It is flexible and able to take advantage of any hardware. Thrush did not share any additional information, only that it will share more when Sony Interactive Entertainment is ready to make an official announcement. Uh, I'm really excited about whatever Bluepoint is working on. I really dug Shadow Colossus, um, yeah. their remake on PS4. I thought that game was beautiful. Like, I'm already, like, a huge Shadow Colossus fan, and so playing that remake, I was like, this is mind-blowing. Like, they kept that sense of scale that Shadow Colossus uh, kind of conveyed so well in the original PS2 release. And so right, right. whatever they're working on next, you know, I'm down for it, unless it's a horror game. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's not a lot to get your teeth... <laughs> there's not a lot to, to get your, your teeth into here. The headline kind of, kind of you know, set that out. It's like, basically... Um, company developer that it, developer says, "Hey, we're really good at doing these remasters, yeah. and our next one is going to be great." Um, so, I, I, I guess that that prompts the question: What if there was a PlayStation game that? What would you want this to be? Like, what PlayStation game oh, would you like man. to see them remaster from like the PS2 or PS3 genre? Uh, uh, generation that presumably is, a Sony first party title. I'm yeah, guessing. I mean, in, yeah, that's a tough one, and like. Man, I have no idea where I would go because my mind immediately, immediately went to Ratchet and Clank, but we've pretty much gotten that with, right. the, with Ratchet and Clank 2015 or 16, whatever it was. And that was a great game. Um, what was that? Soul Reaver? Is that, is that Soul Reaver? Soul Reaver? Soul Reaver? Well, the old Crystal Dynamics game? I've heard of Soul Reaver. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, Legacy of Kane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, those are the games yeah, yeah. that Amy Hennig used to. That's why how she got started before she went on to the Uncharted games. I'm trying to think what it would be. Like, Sony, I, mean, like I, I, never, I never felt that Sony has great first party titles. Mm -hmm. So, like, what, you know, there, there's a handful of them, but, like, what would you want it to be? Like, I, mean, I, the, I don't care about Ratchet and Clank. The games that come to mind are, like, the original about, Metal Gear Solid, but I don't, I don't think. Oh, Ratchet and Clank is incredible. No, I, 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 I played the new one. I didn't, I didn't do anything for me. They're, I mean, they're good. I, I understand that there are yeah. people out there that would like it. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, Metal Gear Solid would be one that I would want, but I don't think... I think getting that license from itself. Konami would be... No, that's not going to happen. It doesn't lend itself well to, like, especially um, what the first Solid game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lend itself well to getting remade because... They did that for the uh, for the GameCube. GameCube, yeah, and it made the like the Vulcan level a lot easier, right? Yeah, but I think that I think you can almost do like, the Resident Evil Two remake thing. Yeah, of, I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah, be like just like so change up the gameplay a bit, or not yeah. change it up, but like, no, but yeah, like bring it up to standards, right? right? Well, like, but Resident Evil Two was a complete reimagining of that game. Yeah, yeah. where Shadow Claus was just. Very good, but yeah. like a remaster. Yeah. It was the same and it, game, and it just had the same better. problems, yeah. right? Like the controls were similar to. The original mm -hmm. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Where it's like, I wish that more companies went the route of Resident Evil, where they like redid the controls and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, modernized I'll, it. I would love a Metal Gear yeah. Solid that is like original Metal Gear Solid that is like, you know, let's put this in the Metal Gear Sol uh, Solid 5 engine and make that type of game, but keep the story of the original and the yeah. moments of the original. Yeah. Um, Demon Souls is another one that people have been okay. speculating because that, I believe Sony does own Demon Souls. 
And so, you know, that could be an option. I know there's, you know, a, a big fan base around that game. People love those Souls games. People love them Souls Who games. Who owns Tenchu? Who? What? Tenchu. Tenchu? That's yeah. a good question. I don't remember that one. I'm going to look that there up. There's a game that I want remade and, like, remastered so that with, like, real, like, no, like modern controls. The game I, I think From Software might own it. I don't know about own, but they developed. Tenchu. Was Shadow of the Colossus actually? I know it was obviously a PlayStation exclusive, but was it a was it a first party game? Yes. Okay. Shadow, Shadow of Colossus. Yeah. Right. It was. Greg Miller question. I don't know. But um, he seems to know. There's not. There's yeah. not that much. Again, I've I've never. To be honest with you, I've never been excited by. I think Castlevania PlayStation is another exclusives. one people have been throwing out there. Which I don't know. I don't know why you would remake Symphony of the Night because it seems like that's the type of game that kind of holds up well. Right. And so, who knows? I don't know. I'm interested to see what it's going to be. Number five, PlayStation is no longer interested in making handheld consoles. This comes from uh, Chris Priestman and IGN. Bo. Well, they were never very good at it. No, bullshit. Whoa. But you're telling me Whoa. that the PlayStation Portable isn't one of the best handhelds ever made? It's I owned one, and it's not. Okay, well, then that, you didn't understand how to homebrew. Do you you liked those UMDs, did you, Kevin? No, I never used the UMDs because they made it so easy to hack. That it was so you've got to hack it to get anything out of it. That's, that's not, not good. That's not what I said. That's your words, not mine. First of all, you could download games onto it, and that was fine to do, right? Yeah, but I mean, but but at the time that the PlayStation I had a portable one, was a thing, one gigabyte. There wasn't much of that going on. I had a one gigabyte Pro Duo, and yes, I hacked it, and it had universal remote functionalities. It had. Every SNES or any oh my god in, on there. You're going to jail, Kevin. What? You're going to jail. You're talking about your PS. I mean, if you're saying it only becomes a good console once you start I hacking it and putting I homebrew on it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm saying. Well, so that's okay, so, what so made make it... the make the argument for the PlayStation Portable without homebrew or any of that shit. Just like I mean, out of the box. It, it worked. It, it, it worked. It, it, it worked, and it was it was my first device that like I used to like watch shit on, like the like in my. I, this is before phones were big giant screens, you know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Miller hasn't. <laughs> yeah, hasn't like busted the wall. Barged wait in here. Yeah. Here's what I know. What I know is that Persona 4 Golden is on the PS Vita, which makes that a good console. What, That's wait, what's on the PlayStation Vita? Persona 4 Golden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. Um, President and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, recently spoke to Game Informer for a feature that looks back on the 25-year history of PlayStation consoles. As part of this, he remembered the PlayStation Vita and confirmed that there were no plans for any more PlayStation consoles like it in the future. Quote, PlayStation Vita was brilliant in many ways, and the actual gaming experience was great, but clearly it's a business that we're no longer in now, end quote. And that goes that, is, it, Now, it is him talking about... the Has Sony ever officially kind of put the nail in the coffin of the Vita? Because that kind of sounds I mean, like... like If not, that sounds like the first definitive statement from like a high-ranking Sony exec talking about the Vita in the past tense and saying we're no longer in that business. That I mean, that is basically saying the Vita is dead, right? Yeah. I mean, we like, all knew that. The, the Vita's been dead for years, right? I think the, fa- the final nail in the coffin was them just like not bringing it up during E3s anymore right. and them not releasing games on it anymore. Right. And this is like... I feel like... We're so far past it being dead that they're they're like allowed to acknowledge it right. and allowed to say that like oh yeah we're you know we're not doing but there's this never like it's funny with, with there was never like an official like time of death right like they never put out a press release really. saying the Vita is done especially because the Vita was what so. was the Vita as a console like it stopped getting first party support but then kept getting like indie support and like Jap- like weird Japanese like, I wonder I wonder if if if, so, if you're wrong would know this but I'm curious to know like at what point. 
did Sony just stop manufacturing them? Because that feels to me like the end point. Oh, man. I feel like this was... I feel like we talked about this. Or not we talked about this, but like there was a story about this a year or so ago. The, the, the Vita was a good console. You're great. Like, the Vita was also great because it like it's, it's a great indie machine. great games. It, but well... And, and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't you say that's like, how can you say it was a great I, console, but yeah, it didn't have that finish, many great let games? Let me finish my statements. Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. But with PSN, like, you had access to a lot of games. So it mm-hmm. did have a lot of, like, okay games on there, and it worked so well. So well. Yeah, it didn't have a, it didn't have a crazy amount of, like, great first-party mm-hmm. games, but that, that, that handheld was... was um, Kept alive by indies for sure. Like kept alive Absolutely. by. Like, I know. I, I know. I, I, it, it had its fans for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 dude. You ever played Severed? No. I had great. fond memories of Luminous on the on the mm. P, on the PSP. I played. Um, there's a game called VVV VVV that uh, I really enjoyed on the Vita. It's like well, on the Vita. Uh, it's like a platformer, like weird, like minimalistic kind of deal. Right. Really fun game. What would be considered? The best games on the Vita, like the all-time top five. Persona Four. Persona Golden. Four. Yes. What else though? Um, there, was there ooh. was there a Metal Gear? I mean, there was Peace Walker, but that was on the PSP. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, all right. So again, Exhibit me, I'll put Exhibit A. You, after one Fair. game, after one game, we're struggling to name great games for the Vita. I feel like that's but not that's good. The, that's the thing, you know. Yeah, it is of the thing. Mediocre games. What? A lot of them. I said a, lot of, <laughs> and a lot of mediocre games, games on it. But there was a lot of them. A Frank of- Furter writes in and says, Good morning, Blessing and Gary. RIP to the PlayStation, PlayStation ha- handheld gaming. With Jim Ryan's comments saying that PlayStation is no longer in the handheld market now, this gives Nintendo an almost sole mon- monopoly of handheld gaming until Google Stadia gets good and until Xbox's xCloud launches. This is also to say that uh, say you don't count traditional mobile games, uh, but that's a different can of worms. With Sony not working on another another handheld console, which which market do you think they will try to enter first, if at all? Mobile games with their IPs, or will they have their own version of cloud-based gaming that will be on the go? Interested to hear your thoughts on the subject. Thanks for all you guys do, Frank Furter. See, I would take because I'm continuing to read the story here, and I'm looking at this quote from from Jack Tratton back mm-hmm. in the day saying. Uh, this is a great machine. It's just too late. The world has shifted to portable devices that mm. aren't dedicated gaming yeah, machines. Talking to Vita. Now, that's true. The, I, the, the phones changed a lot of things about, you know, why, why would I want to carry around a dedicated gaming device when I can play great games on my phone? And that's a valid argument. But surely the Switch, and particularly the Switch Lite and the immense success that those consoles have enjoyed, mm-hmm. demonstrates that there is still a market out there for dedicated gaming handhelds. Maybe, maybe it's just that Nintendo... It's like the market's there. It's not that you can't make a good gaming handheld anymore. It's just hard to make a good one. Yeah. Nintendo's nailed it, but Sony failed, and Microsoft's never tried. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't buy the argument that there's just, no, there's just no market out there for a dedicated gaming hand, handheld. The Switch Lite utterly disproves that mm-hmm. you've just got to make it good but i feel like there's no market for them like for sony like i feel like them competing against nintendo for handheld which just doesn't make sense like and we've seen it with the with the vita right we've seen it like we've seen that con or that handheld kind of fall beneath uh the 3ds and the switch and mobile games like there are so many other places to go to as far as dedicated <clears throat> dedicated games on the go that you know i I do not. I don't think it's worth it for them. Like especially when they have other places they can invest. You know, like PSVR, um, which seems to be doing like pretty fine in like, you know, PS Five in the future, right? Like I think they have other worries right now. And once we get into the PS Five, like, who knows? Maybe the landscape might shift a bit that it makes a little bit more sense to do a handheld. But 
Nintendo yeah. must be loving this because obviously Nintendo has dominated handheld gaming from all the all the way since the oh, days yeah. of the Game Boy. DS, 3DS were all massive successes. Switch is now a massive success. Mm. But they always had at least Sony kind of nipping at their heels with the PSP and the Vita. Yeah. Now there's nothing. Microsoft's obviously got no interest in getting into the handheld space. They've never shown any interest. Sony is now saying, "Yeah, we couldn't do it. We're done." Mm. Nintendo basically owns the handheld gaming space. Yeah. Like, they're pretty much all alone there, and it's great for them because, like, you know, the Switch is an awesome console. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense. Like, that console, you know, makes sense as far as, you know, it being a handheld, it being a, it being a home console, what it is, and, like, the ways in which they develop for it. That's the thing. That's another thing with the with PlayStation um, putting out a handheld, uh, de- like, a solely handheld device. They would have to de- develop for it, and they would have to, like, you know... Though, like those same resources, as far as like software and as far as like putting, like seeking out actual games to be dedicated for this thing, yeah, it's probably just like way too much worth, uh, way too much work for what it's worth, yeah. Um, especially like compared to Nintendo, who that is their sole thing, that is where all their efforts are going. They're yeah. able to focus on it and not yeah. necessarily be split between yeah. the two. And it's hard, and it's be hard. Like now, now that the Switch is super established and the Switch Lite has been super successful, I would argue that. Harder to get into that market now than ever mm. because oh, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd, you know sitting around the table. Okay, guys, let's make. Are we going to make a new handheld console? Mm. The first question you ask yourself is, well, how how can we possibly make something that people would pre- that, that people would prefer over the Switch when the Switch is already right there mm-hmm. and it has a massive library. Indies love it. It has all the Nintendo first party games. It's cheap. It's like everyone just loves the Switch. Yeah. How do you possibly put something into the market to say no? Don't buy a Switch. You want to buy this instead. That feels yeah. like an like a really steep mountain to climb. That's- that sounds like an impossible task for yeah. sure, especially for PlayStation where they're at. And like, you know, they're they're pretty solid on the PlayStation Four, right? On like the console side, like like they have a good thing going. They know what they're doing, right? They're building up VR. They're doing. Uh, they're launching this new console, and things seem to be looking good for them, as far as we know, as as far as like their games output and all that stuff, right? To take a, to take a risk that would be another handheld, you know, compare like against the Nintendo Switch. Just doesn't yeah. seem like it'd a, just be, it'd just be thrown a down move. the drain. Let's get into our sixth and last story. Metal Gear Solid movie director says a new draft of the script is done in its full Kojima quirk. This comes from Logan Moore over at Dual Shockers. Uh, it reads, "It's been a long time since we've we've heard any news about the forthcoming Metal Gear Solid movie, but it seems as though the project continues to chug right along in pre-production." As mentioned earlier, or as mentioned today on Twitter, and I think um, I forget if this was written today or yesterday, the director of the Metal Gear Solid movie uh, and cameo character in Death Stranding, Jordan Voigt Roberts, did I pronounce Voigt. that correctly? Voigt. Voigt. Jordan Voigt Roberts had a brief update to oh, share right. on the project. Voigt Roberts said that a new draft of the film script was just finalized and turned in recently. "Quote: It's full. It's full Kojima quirk and full mil- military surrealism." End quote. He uh, he stated of the script. I won't say more. He also shared an image uh, of the script in the in question with the tweet. Voigt Roberts went on to say that he will uh, be meeting with an actor for the film very soon. Assumedly, this would likely be the starring role of the movie, which will surely be that of Solid Snake. Uh, Gary, are you looking forward to a Metal Gear Solid movie that's full of Kojima quirk? I like Jordan a lot. He's a friend of mine, and he's made some really good movies. Mm. Um, uh, I think that this is a this is another tough one. I, lo- I yeah. love the, the fact that they're doing something that seems very true to the you know, to the Kojima nuttiness of the um, uh, of the, you know, the original games. Yeah, I just you know obviously it, it, it's it's tricky because you know it's it's it, it would be expensive. You know, there's, I don't under I don't know how there's a cheap version of a Metal Gear Solid movie, right? It seems like mm-hmm. it would have to be expensive. Um, is it? You know, there's there's not a lot. There's not a, a great history out there of of 
uh, video game based movies connecting with audiences and, no. and making money. No. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they have struggled historically. Uh, so also, I, every, every time someone announces a new movie video game, I, I root for it. Like, I was just thinking this morning, like, why, have we not, why, why are we not already hearing about like a, a, like a movie based on control? Like, that would, oh make, a, that would make a great movie. Yeah. I, I, I Somebody just, should do that. I feel like leave that genre alone. Like, we don't need to make good games into movies. Like, good games are so good. But you might like as well say better. we don't need to make good books into movies. You know, why not? Well, no, because reading's boring. Playing video games is Why fun. is Nick shaking his head? Because <laughs> your outfit's dumb. Oh, okay. All right, right. I, I forgot I'm wearing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Reading's for nerds. Playing reading's video for games nerds? Is fun, yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. I mean, I agree there. Yeah. For sure. That's a hard stance we have. I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie mainly out of curiosity. I want to see what Jordan come up comes up with. Um, video game movies in general are something that I, like, I've given up hope on. Like, I don't look forward to video game movies thinking that they're going to be, like, excellent works of art. Granted, like, I don't think it's impossible, right? Like, a Metal Gear Solid movie, to me, sounds pretty cool. Um, because, like, Metal Gear Solid is already kind of based off yeah. movies, right? There's inspiration there that can be taken. And, like, what I, does it look, look like when you make a movie out of something that was trying to <laughs> essentially be a movies, movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think that the problem is, like, I don't know this story can be put into one movie. And oh, a lot yeah. of times... Of the first one? Huh? Of the first Metal Gear Solid movie? Or Metal Gear Solid game? I'm... Yeah. Mm. I, I don't... You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, that's that's a lot going on, and uh, I just don't think that you need to overlap mediums to make make it bigger. I, you yeah, know what I, I mean? Agree. I, I think yeah. that like the video game, like they nailed it. Why are we trying to condense this story into a two hour long movie when it's it's something much bigger? A series maybe you know like HBO series or Netflix series mm -hmm. maybe. But still, like, you have to understand it really, really well and be able to translate it over. Hmm. I mean, at least we have the masterpiece that's coming out February 14th, the Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh -huh. Yeah, dude. Valentine's it's Day. It's going to be amazing. I love that counter-programming. The 2020 Endgame. Uh, I, have a, I have a story here from, uh, written in from the solo one. Uh, they write in and says, uh, they say, Hi, Blessing and Gary. Happy holiday season. I'm writing in regarding a predicament I ran, I ran into with my girlfriend. A few, a few weeks back, we both had a free night to relax and watch some shows before bed. It was Friday, and so we watched High School Musical, the musical, the series, which everyone should watch, by the way, it's awesome, on Disney+, Plus, along with the new episode of The Mandalorian. I didn't love the episode, but she really liked it. She said she wanted to watch more Star Wars and that she hadn't seen Rogue One yet and heard that it was excellent. Reluctant to watch even more Star Wars that night, I remembered that Nick and Tim's live call-in advice show, Love, Sex, and Stuff, was premiering on Twitch that night, and after about 10 minutes of back and forth, I convinced her that we should watch that instead. 30 minutes into Love, Sex, and Stuff, and Chill, she wasn't feeling it, which sucked because I thought it was amazing. Nick was in rare form, and Tim was delivering solid relationship and life advice. After another 15 minutes, my girlfriend asked if we could switch to Rogue One. I tried to convince her to give it another 30 minutes, which somehow turned into an argument about how much I never listen. After the argument, she stormed off into the other room, and I continued to listen to Tim and Nick take calls from the audience. Ten minutes later, Nick answers a call, and it's a female voice. I couldn't believe it. It was a voice that I recognized. It was my girlfriend. I'm loving this story. Nick asked, Nick asked her for a question, and I couldn't believe what she said next. She opened her mouth and said, Blessing and Gary, if I wanted to know where I could look to find out what's coming to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I go? Oh, so good. I, I need a moment to process this. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you. Really I wrote that good. myself. I spent a lot of time on that. That was very it shows. good. It shows. Thank it's you. Really good. 
Thank it you. It was very good. I appreciate Not the it. crap Greg Miller slaps together. Oh, yeah. No, I'm trying to like up the ante over here. You nailed it. <laughs> But so that wasn't a real story? No, that wasn't a real story. Oh, I really no. wanted I was really hoping it was real. I mean, I love what you did. Oh it was, yeah. It was a great it was a great way to get into the segue, but I was hoping that was gonna be a real story. Um Yeah, I mean I, I knew it was bogus when, when you started talking about Tim giving out really good relationship <laughs> advice. It was like uh, first of all, yes. that show that he was like talking about yeah. was an excellent show where they actually oh, they, were, they, were they actually taking live calls? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, we, I gotta we, check we, that dude, out. They really do. It's fantastic. Okay. Great that show. That being said, can you read the thing that you're supposed to? The official list of upcoming <laughs> software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. That's good. Out today, we have Everreach, Project Eden for Xbox One and PC, Big Pharma for Xbox One. I'm going to want to pull that one, Yeah, Kevin. that one sounds interesting. Seek Hearts for Xbox One. Um, and then today, Ubisoft announced that Garnet, Amethyst, Pearl, and Stevani from Cartoon Network's Steven's Universe are warping into battle in Brawlhalla as epic crossovers. Players can now uh, play as the four Crystal Gems to save the day in a special Steven Universe in-game event that kicks off today through December 18th. The in-game event features a new bubble tag game mode, a new KO, KO effect featuring Malachite, bonus daily, daily login gold, and main menu. And I, I main don't give a fuck about any of that. Kevin, yeah. can, you, can you pull Big Pharma? Jesus. Here it is. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, this might be it for me. Whoa. It's like theme park, theme farmer. Start, Start with, with an empty, empty warehouse. warehouse. Okay. All right. Oh, the, the, wow. the, it says Xbox One, but this must be a PC game because I'm seeing mouse control. Yeah. Is this already on Steam or something? Already it might, on PC? It might, it might be like a port. All right, so start manufacturing the drugs. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. So you really, like, All right. get in there. Get them onto market. Research high-tech machines. This looks This looks like there's is a lot like to a it. Is this like a clicker type game? Or is this no, like, this is, no, this is like, like a, a proper tycoon or, kind of okay. game. Make life save, make, make life-saving cures. And then keep them off the market so that you can keep oh, selling wow. people the palliatives. Wow. Like the big evil pharma companies actually do. Wow. I hope you can do that. But you probably can't. Should be like Tropico or like Evil Genius. But you're a but you're a uh, you're a pharmaceutical. Like, then there's like things where you have to like buy or like pay off Congress, you know, like oh hire God. lobbyists and stuff like that. I mean if yes. they if they did if if they went in depth that far, like this doesn't look like like a game I'll play, wait, but wait, wait, hold on. Did you I respect see that? people who do. Hold on, to succeed, you'll need to need to master both the engineering. Wait, what are you doing? Why are you going back? I want to see what, what it said after this. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Appetite uh, suppressant, happy belly cream. Omega Finance. What is this? Omega Finance. Oh, that's just a okay. something I want one day. Cures irritable bowel syndrome. Hmm. All right, so you're, ma you're manufacturing these drugs. Presumably, there's like an element where you like have to market them and stuff and like that. Conscience. Side effects may include... Yeah, and your oh, conscience. Man. There you go. Can, can you, you profit, profit in an industry where illness is good for business? Wow. Well, obviously, you wow. can. Wow. I mean, we know that's true. No, no, no. Can you? No, I, ca I can. I mean, we'll see. I I'm going to be completely you. amoral. Yeah. I've been looking for something new to play on the stream. Maybe this will be that, it. That looks fun. That yeah, looks it looks fun. interesting. I so love wait, so does that already? Okay, so the release trailer was from that. that that's from 2015. Yeah. So this is like so a this Steam game's game. actually been around on PC for a while. Yeah. It's an Xbox One version that's new. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Put it on Game Pass. I'll try it out. Yeah. New dates. Uh, we have Frog Detective Two: The Case of the Invisible Wizard <laughs> will launch for PC on um, via Steam on December 9th. 
Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire releases on January 28th, 2020 on PS4 and Xbox One. Xenoraptor will be available to download on Switch, uh, let's see, 17, 17 17-18 December on PS4. Oh, I see. In North America on the 17th of December. In uh, Europe on the 18th of December. Uh, followed by Xbox One on the 24th of December and Nintendo Switch on the 25th of December. By the way, sorry to like, kind of mm. segue here, but to go back to the earlier story about the new Xbox and PlayStation generations, because you mentioned Game Pass. It was a yeah. point I wanted to bring up. I think if Microsoft are smart, and hopefully they're smart enough to realize this, when they launch those new machines, Scarlet, Lockhart, whatever, they should launch them with some free Game Pass right in the box. Right? Like, I don't oh, think they would yeah, do like a whole happen. year, but like at least three months or something. Because mm-hmm. sure Game Pass is on. so good. Yeah. And I don't think Sony right now has anything as good as Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And like I've, I've said before, like if people said to me, which console should I get, Xbox or PlayStation? It's like, it's hard to know because there's not much daylight between them. Game Pass to me is the daylight. Like that to oh, me is yeah. the one compelling reason why I would get an Xbox yeah. over a PlayStation. You get so much stuff. For sure. It's the best deal in games right now. For sure, there will be like a month. At least a month. Yeah, and I, I would month. do. Th- I would do three. Yeah, like, and you can tell. You can tell right now they're trying to set up for it, right? Like, they're they're giving out Game Pass like crazy right now, right? Because they want people to like have it by the time the new console. Three mo- at least three months of Game Pass Ultimate, and that is a very compelling proposition out of the oh, box. Oh yeah. Uh, today, Ubisoft announced that title update 6.1 for Tom Clancy's The Division 2 will be available for all players on December 10th. To ring in the, new- the holiday season, title update 6.1 will bring a themed in-game event, Situation Snowball. <laughs> Sorry. Are, they doing, are they doing a festive event? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Situation Snowball. Uh, some of Washington, D.C.'s most elusive enemies are taking a special pride in celebrating, wearing a bright red Santa hat, like the one I'm wearing right now, and taunting, taunting you about it. Taking these enemies down will drop a new exclusive weapon that shoots snowballs. I like it. That's awesome. Greg I Miller's like going crazy about that one. Yeah, but how, how much damage do the snowballs do? Oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, if this doesn't hurt people... They're like, they're, they have I'm rocks in the middle of them. It, yeah. maybe, maybe you can piss on them. So it's like an emotional hurt? Yeah, it's like the South Park game on this 64 Your enemies just become depressed and they leave. <laughs> Now it is time for Reader Mail. You can write in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this show, of, uh, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hymns. You've heard us talking about Hymns and how they are helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time, uh, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. I fucking know that. Be like kind of funnies Nick and Andy. They noticed their hair, their thinning hair, and they went to they went to forhims.com, a one stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA approvals, pro, uh, FDA approved products to help treat their hair loss. These are prescription uh, solutions backed by science. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. Answer a few quick questions a doctor will review, and, and if they determine it's right for you, you can prescribe... Uh, wait, let's see. Determine if it's right for you can describe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Try Hims today by starting with... Uh, a free online visit. Go to hymns.com slash games daily. For hymns. Oh, yeah. Go to for hymns.com slash games daily. That's F O R 
uh, HIMS.com slash games daily for hymns.com slash games daily prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a, with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate see website for full details and safety information this could cost hundreds if you went to, if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy Rem- uh, remember that for hymns.com slash games daily Let's talk about Tipsy Elves. It's officially the holidays, and no party is complete without getting your ultra-festive holiday clothing from Tipsy Elves, like the one I'm wearing this is from, right now. This is from there, right? Yeah, this is okay. from Tipsy Elves. Mine is, too. Yours is, too? What, yeah. your sweater that you're wearing? Yeah. Dude, that's oh. a hot sweater. I like it. Yeah. It's actually very comfortable, too, and warm. Tipsy Elves is the one-stop shop for all your, your, all your holiday clothing needs. They sell one-of-a-kind Christmas sweaters, come on, dresses, family pajamas, and onesies that will, that will transform your holiday party into an unforgivable experience, just like, just like Kevin's. Look at me and Kevin right now. like you're posing for like a family photo. It looks like the 25th right now of yeah. the studio. We have the green behind us too. It's perfect. It always feels like the 25th in my heart. This is like a bad oh, Step Brothers remake. You will be the life of the party. <laughs> <laughs> Reveal your hilarious holiday alter ego and score bragging rights for having the best Christmas sweater at the party. Talk about your Tipsy Elf sweater and other products you saw on the website. You've seen Greg wearing that dope Santa suit, and you see me wearing it right now. Um, and you can be like him and me. Deck the halls with one of Tipsy Elves' outrageous Christmas sweater designs. They're one of a kind, seriously high quality, and crazy comfortable too, which I can confirm. This is super comfortable. Skip the small talk and bring the fun to the party from drinking game sweaters to tacky tinsel and lights. Tinsel? What's a tinsel? Tinsel is like the, is like the sparkly ribbon thread that oh, you put around like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, these sweaters are the ultimate icebreakers. A wide range of men's and women's sizes so everyone gets their ideal comfortable fit. They also, they also now carry plus sizes. That's Tip- good for me. Tipsy Elves doesn't just sell Christmas sweaters. They truly, they are truly the one-stop shop for all your festive holiday clothing needs. Say snow thank you <laughs> to boring this year. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> try one hilariously awesome design, uh, or try one of the hilariously awesome designs from Tipsy Elves. Go to tipsyelves.com slash games now to get 20% off your entire order. That's tipsyelves.com slash games for 20% off today. And lastly, let's talk about Manscaped. Support Kind of Funny Games Daily. A support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect, Perfect Package 2.0. Tim and Greg use it. And they seem to be they seem to be happy with their balls. Manscaped Lawnmower uh, 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so that you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why, not, uh, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and, the friend, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com. That's 20% 
off with free shipping. This that's written a lot on on this copy. Um, uh, at manscaped.com and use the code games. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. I can also confirm that I use Manscaped, and let me tell you, smooth as eggs. Wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. I still want to see a KFAF where Nick and Andy use these products. Oh man, I would pay money to watch that KFAF. KFAF after dark. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god. You don't want to see that? No, definitely not. BJ Bernardo writes in and says, "Hi y'all." With a time to time to die. No, releasing, it's no time to die. Oh, no time to die. A <laughs> time to die. With no time to die, releasing a trailer today, uh, and with Gary Witta on the show, I gotta ask: Pitch me your next Bond game. Is it a per- is it first person or third person? Is it shooting focused like previous Bond games, or more sneaky like sneaky sneak like Splinter Cell? Story ideas. Ooh. Thanks, BJ. A Bond game. It's tough, isn't it? Because Bond isn't isn't just any one thing. Mm-hmm. Like I understand how they're sneaking around, but there's also like a lot. Like, when you've seen Bond uh, games in the past, they've typically been not always, but they've typically been. Um, you know, adaptations of the existing films and they just recreate whatever scenes were in the films. Yeah. That's the kind of old-fashioned way of doing movie games. We've also seen some original Bond stories mm-hmm. done. Um, but, you know, they're sneaking around. That's there's they have, like... Car chases. Yeah. There's a bit of... There's fights. And I think it's There's gambling. Much. None of it is great, you know? No. Mm-hmm. Well, so going back to our earlier conversation, you know what I, you know what I would just say? We were talking about, re- like, bringing old games up to date. Just fucking bring back Goldeneye. Oh, my God. The, 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 uh, inarguably, the you... most the most beloved Bond game of all time. I, never... Just bring that shit up to date and put it on Switch. Have you tried pl- uh, playing it recently? No, because like I, I, well, I, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. It none of the N64 does games not do. hold up. But I would love for them to like you know bring it up to standards. Yeah, you know, have dual sticks make it. Oh feel my like, god! You know, it doesn't have to feel like Call of Duty. And put it out it on all like... platforms, not just Nintendo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that would be hot. Like I, I would be down for that. Um, there was like a third like, person... proper online multiplayer, like oh, the whole yeah. thing. There not a, just not just you know split screen. There was a third person Bond game for a PS2 that I remember liking a lot. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been uh, Nightfire or something. Yeah, um, no, no, there's never really outside of Goldeneye. There's never mm-hmm. been a really great Bond game. I mean, here's the thing. I played this game that nobody talks about uh, called The World Is Not Enough on N64. It was like the other Bond game on N64. Uh-huh. Um, I owned it. I didn't own Goldeneye. I thought World Is Not Enough was incredible, and it might have been because I hadn't played Goldeneye. But you bought the wrong Bond game. Yeah. It had a blue cartridge. I was really excited about it. <laughs> um, but, like, that game, in my mind, was pretty excellent. Um, and that's another one that I, I would love uh, to come back. Oh, yeah. Here's, like, the... Oh, we're looking at a trailer? Okay. Yeah. The world's not enough. Yeah, this is the loading screen here. Oh, um, my God. So this is what I mean about how N64 games don't hold up. Look at that. That's an abomination. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't look good nowadays. But, like, you know, this is, like, right now you, you got the the, um, the card and the gun and you get to, like, go... Uh, um, you have to go visit a guy. It's going to go into a cutscene. And the cutscene's excellent uh, because, like, they get into an argument and then a shootout and all this stuff. Um, this yeah, right here? This right here, right? Bond is, like, talking to this guy who's supposed to be, I think, like, the middleman for, like... I mean, some look at this. On. That's Pierce there, Brosnan right there. There is, there oh, is come charm on, here. Come on. Oh, there shit, is charm here. Like, how can you not love this? Oh, I'm... I'm I, 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 let me ways. count the so ways. I've played this mission probably, like, 50 times. <laughs> like, a lot. Uh, because I really enjoyed it. And this game has great multiplayer, too. It has, like, bots that you can play against, which I don't know if GoldenEye had bots. Okay. Um... But it's a GoldenEye-style game, right? Just yeah. first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Barrett's is like, shaking his head. He's not happy. I think this was when Rare, Rare lost the license, and it was developed by, like, I think EA. Well, EA, EA did a whole... Remember Nightfire? They, they yeah. did a whole bunch was of that games EA? that were both based on movies and were also their own original stories. Yeah. Bond stories. Um, but, yeah, like... 
I would I would want something different. There was a game I played on PS2 that was called um actually there were a few of them, Spy Hunter on PS2, which was yeah. like a All yeah, right. dude, dude, dude wow. on the, the PS2 version, like the re- it was it, it essentially was a remake or like I guess um, reboot of like the old old Spy Hunter games. But yeah, Spy Spy Hunter on PS2 was essentially a game where the whole time you're in you're in a car you're uh doing missions with like your high-tech car that had like guns rockets um it had it had like uh like a hovercraft feature yeah kevin's bringing up a video of it too like is this spy hunter that's based on the old arcade game yes yeah okay. yeah and so like you have this cool car and essentially you have to like complete objectives um while completing your mission and like you, you you basically have to pull off these missions as best as possible, right? You have to, like, right now, like, this guy is dodging the cones because if you hit the cones, you then, like, get, like, marks off or whatever. Just, um, just like a real spy. Yeah. I would love a James Bond game that is, like, a spy hunter, like a 3D, like, uh, you're driving a car, but, like, one of James Bond's, like, high-tech, like, cool cars. I, he has multiple but doing, cars, But right? doing a Bond game that's just one thing, like, like, like driving cars mm-hmm. seems like really limiting yeah like, like I, I, would, I want the whole bond experience i want to drive cars i want to sneak around i want to i want to gamble in casinos i want to wear fantastic clothes mm, you, you know really i want to meet beautiful about, women who are going to kick my ass have you played the hitman games the recent ones yeah so i mean i'm trying that's what i'm trying to mm. find, i'm trying to think like what would be a sideways what would be a, what would be a new like, what would be a fresh way into doing a I, bond I game i think if somehow if if rockstar could be like hey we're gonna license. Oh my god! This. And then they just Rockstar. Added, would, I mean, it would never happen, but they would make a killer Bond game. Yeah, but that's I remember what I'm saying. Like, all I want is it for it to be integrated, like a, a new story, like a uh, mission, not mm. mission, but like a whole story, like a new story in that gaming game world. You know? Oh yeah, like almost like uh, like GTA Five DLC where yeah, like, exactly. it is James Bond. Like it is James Bond DLC, yeah. and it's just. Oh in, in man! In that world, and um, it's got. I would the same, love that. Yeah, that'd be super dope. I would love. I'd be that. into that. And like, here's what they should do. Like, you know how there's always like excitement over like who the next James Bond's going to be. Like, it's mm. a big media event when they announce the next James Bond. They do it like every ten years or so. Um, like, do that. Like, cast cast a, a well-known actor like Idris Elba or something, mm. and say like, here's the new James Bond, but like he's the video game James Bond, dude. But it's going to be cool because this is, this is going to be a video game that's like every bit as cool dude, as a like, movie. That'd be cool. Like, like if like it was the, like a Troy Baker or like you know like. I don't know, a good, like, video game voice actor as James Bond being, like, the video game version, and then, like, on the other side, you have Idris Elba on the movie side. Like, that'd be, like, a cool kind of... No, but I'm sorry, I feel like that's setting you sides, too. Look, because Troy Baker's in fucking everything. I love Troy Baker, but he's oh, yeah. in fucking everything. Laura Bailey. Like, I, I feel like, get a big... Get a big yeah. Nolan. North- I love all the, I love all these guys, but they've been they're, but they're in literally everything. Yeah. Um, Like, find, like, a real... Like, someone you could actually... Look, go to, go to someone like Idris Elba and say, mm. look, Idris, you're fantastic. You're not going to be the movie James Bond for mm. whatever reason because we've got someone else that we like better or whatever. But, like, how would you like to be there? You'll be just as legitimate the next James Bond mm. as, as Daniel Craig, but, like, in the video game format. Because video games are just as legitimate as movies. Yeah. They should do a big media event where they say, here's the next James Bond that's going to carry forward the, uh, the James Bond legacy in video games. And it's this person. But it's like a proper fucking actor, like mm. a real movie star. Barrett, you're nodding. Do you agree? Do you agree Kinda with like this? Kind like Norman Reedus or whatever. I'm on board, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Preach. I'm with it. That yeah. sounds super dope. I'd be into that. Lawrence writes in and says, "Morning, KFGD crew. Hope you all slept well. With the Jedi Fallen Order trailers that spoiled the ending of the game, it's called something into question for me." I'm glad I missed those trailers, yeah. by the way, because I've not played the game yet. It sounds oh, like do they not really... watch. 
Did they really fuck up? Like, did they really spoil it in the trailer? It's bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, How how did that get through the system? Seems really dumb. Is it one of the last things that happened? Yes. It's one of the very last things. Obviously, don't spoil it because I haven't seen it yet. But, like. And no one in the chat will. You hear me? Yeah. In chat, don't spoil it. Yeah, no one in the chat will. He continues, I was one of the people that got caught with the spoilery, unskippable ad. Um, he says, I'm only halfway through the game, which that's a bummer. That's yeah, fucked up. Um, and I'm wondering at what point does it, if at all, affect the merit of the game? Uh, between the technical issues in this, it's definitely sucked a lot of wind out of my sails for this game. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Have a great day, guys. How we- bad a spoiler is it? it <laughs> it's one of those things where it's really... It's cool for Star Wars, but I think for the narrative and what like uh, Cal Kestis's journey is, I don't think it like super matters. Yeah. And that's probably what their like minds like kind of uh, train of thought was of like oh like yeah this is like a cool Star Wars thing, but for like the importance of what the story to its core is, it doesn't yeah. really matter. So yeah, it, is it, it the sort sucks. of thing like they 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 felt like it had more value as a, as something to show is like here's why you're going to want to play this game, but yeah, rather it's than. Sure. They cared more about that than they cared about the spoiler. It's like, yeah. For me, it's kind of okay. like how weeks after Endgame came out, uh, they started having the TV ads that were that was like the iconic scenes from Endgame. Right, right, right. It, right. it felt kind of like that, um, except like this was a thing where like I don't know why because the it's it's a scene that like happens pretty quickly and it's something that doesn't nec- isn't like Barrett said right. It's not super pertinent to the story, but for me, the thing that made that moment cool was I did I didn't see it coming. Right, um, right. And so like for me, like for that part of the game to be in the trailer just made no sense sense yeah, to me. Yeah, it makes no sense. And it's definitely one of those things where like people will watch the trailer and see that and be like, "Oh, snap. That's in that game. I'm going to play that game." Yeah, and so like, I feel like that's why they did it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But like, like even so like deception. with if if you see that and be like, "That's why I'm playing that game." And then you play the game, you might be disappointed because like it's not like that's that, a moment. It's a, it's, it's like a moment and then it's like it's it's over. It's, it's, it's over, yeah. But I, I it's like it's, 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 it's like for example, Doing a Rogue One trailer when the movie was only out for a couple of weeks mm. and showing a shitload of like wait, Vader wait, in the hallway. Yeah, it'd be like that. Right? Like, you wouldn't mm. want to, like, I can understand why people go, oh shit, I want to see that, I'm going to go. But like, yeah. that scene is great because you don't fucking know it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And when it happens, it goes, oh shit. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, it's I get like, it. That's yeah, fine. it's, it's oh, in that vein. So but uh, to go back to the question, I don't think it ruins the experience because I think the the experience is like Cal Kestis's like story yeah. and his yeah. arc and like the crew that he has. I, I don't think it completely ruins the game, but I, I do think it, it's a bummer because it does ruin that really really cool. I movie. hate I hate the the whole world of now having to dodge spoilers. Yeah. Like I haven't I, like, I I haven't gotten to play Jedi yet because it's I've got other things I want to play first. I'm wa- I'm hearing there's some technical. I'm waiting for a patch. I'm just not going to get to it right away. But because yeah. the mm. age we live in, I'm constantly fucking. Dodging. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's a bummer. And I had a tweet about this uh, about like a week or so ago that like, you know, the Mandalorian, it being week to week, one is it's great because like, you know, nobody's gonna like spoil the end of the season for me, you yeah. know, like watching it right now. But at the same time, every every Friday morning I wake up on Twitter and people are talking about what just happened in the new you Mandalorian. Just gotta, you just gotta you mute got, yeah. you just gotta mute everything. Mute the hashtags, mute yeah. the, the yeah. mute. It's the a keywords. bummer because like, I, I also want to be a part of the conversation, yeah. but it's one of those things where but, I mean that's her watch the episode as soon as you wake yeah. up, you know? It's in here like the difference that's between it and like Game of Thrones or something that's like on TV is that there's a set airtime for Walking Dead, for example, where I mean, like everybody's watching together. But like Mandalorian just drops at whatever time. I don't even know what time it, it drops. It drops at a time, and that's the set watch time. Yeah, so but it's like it, the middle it? of the night, though, right? I feel like it's been really inconsistent with like when it drops. I don't know. I always look at it, watch it in the morning, and mm. I don't check social media, you know, until I've done stuff. Like yeah, that. and so like that's, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but spoilers are kind of a bummer, um, especially like spoilers for. 
<laughs> spoilers that spoilers that are spoiled for you in a trailer. Um, yeah, that's not a cool. big bummer. Let's get into Squad Up. Uh, this is a bit of a strange slash sloppy one. This comes from um, uh, Adam. It uh, looks like bit of a strange slash sloppy one, but wanted to give a shout out to someone who has tried very hard to make the kind of funny community even better for me. I attended the kind of funny world tour UK meetup the other week as part of a gift to myself for my 30th birthday. Happy birthday. I had an amazing time meeting Greg, Tim and Nick, as well as the whole as well as a whole load of UK best friends <clears throat> uh, who were amazing to hang out with. What I wasn't aware of was the fact that my girlfriend, Rachel, was at the same time emailing and DMing all the kind of funny crew to ask if they could give me a shout out at the event. She sent a, ver- a variety of emails and DMs and tried her hardest to make, uh, make the event even more special. I just wanted to, uh, to give a shout out, uh, Rach, to say you're a badass and I love you so much. Thank you for trying to make such a special part of my life even better. You tried so hard and I genuinely, genuinely am thankful for you every day. Anyway, sorry for making the squad up section a bit of a romantic mess, but thought uh, you should know the impact of uh, impact you and uh, you have on both KFBFs uh, and the people who love them. Wait, so he didn't actually get the shout out? Sounds like he didn't. Did he not? I think it he says thanks for trying. I don't know. Kevin, Did he get a shout out or not? Were you in? You, you weren't in that? UK. No, they wouldn't take me. It's assholes. Let us know when. Well, let's do it now. It, yeah, oh, Adam. shout out. Yeah, shout Adam. out, Adam. We're giving you a shout yeah, out right I'm not now. Miller, You're the man. I'm wearing his clothes, so. Hey! <laughs> oh, but a lot of like like the Santa Claus that that fucking one. black piece of coal in his heart, Greg Miller wouldn't do it, but oh, I will. Yeah, shout out to shout Adam. Out. Shout out, shout out, and he says thanks and keep up the great content. I'll relay that to Greg Miller, who's probably watching. Um, let's get into your wrong to see what what did we get wrong? We got wrong today. Uh. Not much here. So let's see. John Ron two thousand says it was mentioned that R- that uh, RE three story was important for RE canon. However, RE 3s events. Did we talk about? I got my name. Uh, 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 excuse me, Kevin. Can you check my Chiron there, please. Your car. My Chiron. Chiron. Oh. Looks good to me. Does it look again? <laughs> Keep trying. Uh, all right. Oh, H yeah. Missing. All Sorry. I ask is that you spell my name right. Now, Man, in the lower thirds. Did you spell it right? What do you mean? On your Twitter? Um, did you copy and paste it from I, Twitter? Did I yeah, spell my own name did. correctly on my we Twitter? Did. We did Blaster for you last time. Oh. That makes sense. You didn't change it, Gary? That makes sense. Gary? What do you... Let's, let's apply Occam's razor to this situation, Kevin. What do you think the simplest explanation is here? I'm, I'm going to assume that John Ron's You're I mean, Wrong I, was you, referring you to yesterday, because I don't think it. we talked about RE at all. I, I changed it to Merriwitter. I do that every Christmas. But that's not the part that's spelled incorrectly. Hmm. You know, I, I, can't, I can't say either way. I mean, I can. It was right up there on the screen. Uh, there's no way to know now. No, there's no way to know? <laughs> not now. But we can confirm. What we can we, You, you want to go to the tape? What we can officially confirm is that you did, in fact, spell it different on your Twitter. Where? Where have I spelled it differently? Your name isn't Mary. No, but that's not the part that's incorrectly spelled. Look, you spelled no one, no one can, the Witter part is spelled correctly <laughs> Mr. Witter, on my no Twitter, one, no as it always has been. Whether or not that is spelled incorrectly, we, there's just there's no way to do that now. We the this image is came up, it's gone. You're right, we can't look back now. Yeah, there's no going back. Mm. Several hours, maybe. Yeah, the nano like the nano biologist writes in and says Gary doesn't like Christmas more than Greg, who wore a full Christmas suit yesterday. 
I, I, it's interesting. I, I think Greg does love Christmas. I love it too. This shouldn't be a competition. Greg's favorite holiday is Halloween, though, right? Yes. Is it? Can you yes. love Christmas if your favorite holiday is Halloween? No, you can love it. No, you can't. You, you can't argue to. You can't say you truly love Christmas if it's not your favorite holiday. Thank you. I don't. It has to be number one. I don't think that's true. While Halloween, I mean, Christmas is in fact my favorite holiday. I don't necessarily think that you have to like. It has to be your number one for you to be able to love it. AJ writes in and says, Kevin said the Harry Potter movies are good. They are, in fact, not good movies. Lock That's AJ. AJ. I like what? those movies. AJ what? Tell me his name. I'll block him on Twitter. It's, it's, it just says AJ. And then the nanobiologist says, Christmas was celebrated in Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix, and Half-Blood Prince. Um, interesting. Interesting development. Oh, and I'm scrolling <laughs> down. Now I'm seeing a whole bunch of your wrongs. Somebody somehow took up a whole, like, page. And so, um, let's see. Kebab says Sony stopped producing Vita in March 2nd of this year. Oh, so relatively recently. So yep. 2019 is officially the year that Vita died. We'll miss you every day, dude. Imran <laughs> said the same thing. A lot of people were saying that. Um, Khalif says Blessing said that the Vita was a good console. It is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh. <laughs> then Mr. Yasman uh, is running in and saying that the CD Project Red is discontinuing Gwent on console, um, which they'll probably co- cover tomorrow. I think that came in like right before. Oh, we interesting. Yeah, um, just says it's Steven Universe, not Steven's Universe, and it's a fantastic show. Um, tell that to the document that I'm reading from. See, there's yeah, plenty of people out there, Kevin, sad. that agree with me that the Vita is, was not good. That's why it's dead. Kebab said they did bring back Goldeneye for Wii, and it starred Daniel Craig instead. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I remember. But I that. want like I want like the full on new one. Yeah, like you P- don't really want to play a Goldeneye with like the motion controls on the Wii. Like that, no, I don't want any of that. Ideal. Really? You could do it with the Joy Cons on the Switch, but I want it on every platform. Uh, and Big Bad Beluga says, "Bless the third person Bond game you're thinking of is Everything or Nothing." I think that is the one. I think was Nightfall not third person though. Maybe I guess it wasn't. Um, I don't know. What you're Nightfire. About. I Night, it was not called. fire. Not Nightfall. Um, yeah. You're getting it mixed up with you're you're you're, you're conflating Nightfire and Skyfall. Skyfall. You're getting your bonds yeah. all mixed up. Dude. Easy, an, an easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, that brings us to the end of kind of funny games daily for today. Sorry for making it so long, but hey. No, I'm telling you, they love it. It's the content. They love it. What a Wednesday. What else? What's what, what's what a Wednesday if not an hour and a half? If not a <laughs> meandering shit fest. Exactly. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Greg, and kind of funny everybody. Thanks for having me back on here again. Um, and yeah, until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.